Dreadheads, this is one ad you are not going to want to skip. Psilocybin, when taken thoughtfully at sub-hallucinogenic levels, can sharpen your focus, hone your mental clarity, unleash your creativity, expand your mind, and ease your anxiety. Spread the Dread is proud to be sponsored by Schedule 35. And if you head over to Schedule35.co and use coupon code STDPOD, that's S-T-D-P-O-D, you can get 15% off your first order. Schedule 35 takes a science-backed approach to microdosing shrooms. They precisely measure out every dose, verify the age of every one of their customers, and ship discreetly. Better yet, they give you a microdosing regimen that allows you to enjoy the benefits of psilocybin without any of the hallucinogenic effects. So visit Schedule35.co today and be sure to use promo code STDPOD, that's S-T-D-P-O-D, for 15% off your first order. I'm John. And I'm Joe. And welcome to episode 49 of Spread the Dread Podcast. This week we are covering David and Catherine Burney, the Morehouse Murders. Going back to the to the London Under. <laughs> Shout out to our Baganabi boys and a few other people down there that are uh, Aussie dreadheads. We're going to once again highlight your country and how it's just not the fucking shining jewel of the Pacific like everyone fucking thinks it is. Um, yeah. I don't know why I started stalling there. I don't know either. <laughs> We're not at a rhythm. No. All right. Well, let's just get on with it then, yeah. I guess. <laughs> on with the show. Uh, yeah, so uh, don't forget everybody. Uh, what Big thanks for, for all the plays. Last week, we covered Blanche Monnier. Uh, she was, uh, I don't have the fucking title in front of me. She was the, the woman that was trapped. Of Poitiers. Yeah, of Poitiers. It was for, yeah, Monnier. I fucking butchered the French language a lot while that was going Same on. Here. But it's fine. But the plays were good, so y'all seem to enjoy it. So thank y'all for tuning into that, which was episode 48. Again, don't forget, next week is going to be our 50th episode, Joe. Mm-hmm. We're finally hitting it. <laughs> um, if we had stuck to the program, we should have been past yeah. it. <laughs> Uh, but that. we didn't because we, we don't we don't fucking make much money doing this shit. So we have other stuff going on and things like that. And we've done 50 episodes. If you count the, the Fright Flick, Fuck, Mary Kills and stuff like yeah. that. But next week will be officially episode 50 of Spread the Dread. And we are going to cap that off with the final e- uh, episode of Tortures and Executions. And then we're going to be getting ready to start our next series, which is going to be about worst parents in the world. So definitely make sure to mark your calendars. Make sure if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, everything like that, you are subscribed, following, and doing all of that stuff. As we get into talking about our uh, our sites and links. Joe, what's the most dreadful website on the entire internet? Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. That's right. You go there, you're going to find links to all of our podcast platforms. You're going to find links to our social media, links to our store, donations, all of that stuff. And of course, links to our YouTube and BitChute, which you make sure, you want to make sure that you're going over there, like, comment, subscribe, share, get us bumped up in that algorithm. And of course, our episodes, Fright Flick, Fuck, Mary Kill, that we release every Friday. There's actually a video for that with me and my co-host, my big bro, Jay. Uh, So definitely, if you're on BitChute YouTube, make sure you subscribe and click that bell. We're going to be covering the mean one, the brand new movie. The the, the, I don't want to call it a spoof because it's not supposed to be a comedy, but they're ripping off the Grinch. 
David Howard Thornton, who plays Art the Clown in the Terrifier series, he's playing the mean one because uh, they can't call him the Grinch because they would fucking lose their asses in court. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to be covering that this upcoming Friday. So make sure that you are, uh, like I said, subscribed and uh, any notification bells, whistles, all that other bullshit. And make sure that you thumbs up those videos, leave comments, bump us up in that algorithm and help us to keep spreading the dread. Which, as I posted on IG earlier today, big moment. Uh, 20,000 downloads. Yeah. Very excited. I'm sure for a lot of people, that's small ass potatoes, but, uh, you know, not to us and not how terrible quality this show is. That's, uh, (laughs) that says a lot about society, honestly. (laughs) Like, you know, it's one of those, like, we live in a world moments, like right there. But thank you guys so much. Here's the 20,000 more and to, uh, keeping on spreading the dread real quick. We're going to hit you with a promo swap. Don't forget. We do that. Uh, with a, uh, a a podcast from a couple buddies of ours that we really dig. It is the BAP Podcast. Let's roll that promo for them right now. Hey, this is Alex. And Cody. From the BAP Podcast. And this is a shameless self-advertisement on another great podcast. So if you like bizarre comedy, come check us out. So once again, Dreadheads, that's the BAP Podcast. Make sure that you check them out on all major podcast platforms and go and follow them on Facebook and IG. Uh, A couple of good guys. I find the show very interesting. I think you will too. Bit of a kitchen sink as far as when it comes to topics over there, but definitely check them out. Once again, that is the BAP Podcast. Joe, you ready to get into this episode? Yes, I am. All right. Let's start talking about the Bernies. I'm going to say Bernie because I like to have an Aussie accent. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, all the Aussie dreadheads seem to like it and not get offended by it because they're not fucking pussies. So uh, let's kick it off, Joe. Introduce us to David John Bernie. Yes, he was born February 16th, uh, 1951. He was the eldest of five children and grew up in Wattle Grove. Ooh. <laughs> you know that's Australia. fun to say in their dialect. Yeah. Wattle Grove, the yeah. Wattle. Yeah. Wattle. I've tried a little bit just then, but I'm not good at it. So, but well, it, see, you have to have a heart of darkness and really not want to make friends. <laughs> then you can do accents like I do. <laughs> um, which was a uh, semi-rural suburb of Perth at the time. So school friends and acquaintances from church remember the family as having been dysfunctional. Which is not a surprise. I came from a church family. We were dysfunctional. Really? That's why, well, yeah, that's why you go to church. You go to church, so you're just like, look, I can't help this family. Maybe Jesus can. <laughs> um, there was, uh, you know, obviously there were par- there were a lot of rumors about uh, alcoholism in the family, promiscuity, promiscuity. promiscuity. That means fucking there around. You go. And incest. No, I started blending both words at the same time. Promiscuity and incest. <laughs> yeah, just blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, that's two words you don't want rumored about your family. No, no. Well, I mean, uh, incest never to have that, uh, you know, muttered about your family. Promiscuity's fine you know it's okay if they're like yeah that's just a family of whores but then when you're like well that yeah they whore with each well, other they were just murmuring in church i would beg to differ if they were really all that probably you know. mormons <laughs> that makes sense they like to fuck around in the early 1960s uh bernie's parents decided to move the family to another perth suburb and this is where he meets Catherine harrison through mutual friends right and that gets us over to Catherine margaret again Maiden name Harrison, uh, she you know becomes Bernie. She was born May twenty third of nineteen fifty one. Now uh, she was only two years old, Joe, when her mother Doreen uh, actually died giving birth to her brother. 
and the brother actually died a couple days later. Damn. So that's that's a that's fucking a lot of imp- trauma. I, yeah. well, is that a lot of trauma though for a two year old? Like, I mean, she was two at the time. I mean, is that really gonna? Does that really imprint or anything? I mean, there I, might I, be some imprinting. Just depends. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't give them excuses for what we're gonna fuck. I mean, they're on this fucking show, Dreadhead. So you, I mean, you know for a fact that they, there's no excuses being made for them. Um, however, uh, her father was was not able. To, her father Harold, mm-hmm. um, unable to raise Catherine. Uh, actually sent her off to live with um, his wife, Doreen's m- uh, mother and father, her maternal grandparents. Uh, when sh- uh, when Catherine was at the age of 10, there was like a custody s- dispute or some kind of shit going on, and Harold ended up getting Catherine back. Yeah, so that seems that probably that's where there was some trauma, just in st- un- you know, not on stable footing. Right, yeah, because I mean... Maybe she, she didn't, it, yeah, she probably didn't have much trauma from her mom not being there, but the instability of her mom not being there, you know, was traumatic. Well, yeah, but I mean, also if there's a custody dispute, wouldn't that have to have been raised by the father? Like, I don't think that the grandparents would have to, like, get the court involved if they didn't want to take care of her anymore or anything like that. I mean, and suddenly I think you still would. Well, so, yeah, but then if the father was what like, if he refusing, like promised them to give them money or something and they're like, all right, she's got to yeah, get out of here. I, we I can't could, afford this shit. You I, know? Yeah, I couldn't get specifics on it, but either way, you know, the, there's the dispute and she goes yeah. back to her, to her biological father, Harold. Now, Catherine, uh, ends up meeting David Banny at mm-hmm. age 12 and actually began a relationship with him just two years later at the age of 14. So now, right from the fucking start, Joe, David and Catherine were fucking not, not meant to be together. I mean, <laughs> for, the, for the purposes of this show and having something to talk about, sure. But they should, this was not a Romeo, Juliet, star-crossed love. These were fuck-ups who, when they got around each other, it just made the fuckery all the more fucked up. Uh, so then maybe us, it is fate. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they. I don't know what they're putting in the water down in Perth. But uh, but yeah. So at the age of fifteen, Joe uh, David Burning actually leaves school, drops out uh, to become an apprentice jockey um, at the uh, nearby Ascot Racecourse. And actually was living in the stables there. Oh, yeah. This wasn't a stable area, though, for him either. Because during Ooh, his time there. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Nice turn of phrase. Very punny. Uh, Bernie actually physically abused the horses and developed a habit of exhibitionism. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So We talked wh- about that last week with Blanche. And that's why, because I had already done the research for these notes, dreadheads, <laughs> that is why I actually knew what exhibitionism was. Which, as Joe will say, now, what yeah. Webster defines that as, Webster's he, Dictionary, we he, have that in the U.S. Yes, yeah, so as a perversion in which sexual gratification is abstained from the incident exposure of one's genitals to a stranger. Yeah, so they're like, it's flashers, basically. Yeah. People who like to flash people and they get off on it. Okay. One night, Bernie, wearing only stockings over his head, broke into the room of an elderly lady where he was boarding and attempted to rape her. That's uh. So I that's guess not he wasn't good. successful at that. Okay. Right, and when it says physically abuse the horses, I really fucking hope. I mean, I honestly, I, I hate to say hope, but I hope he was only like physically beating them or some shit like that. 
Uh, well, you know, I think, I'm just saying. I know, I know. This All dude's of trying to terrible. rape an old lady. He's fucking flashing shit to people. Who fucking knows what went down there? Because of perversion uh, let's there. not forget, he was actually living at the in the pet. stables. So, and oh. this is just the stuff we know about. Joe, take us to June 11th of 1969. We're in the summer of 69. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh So David and Catherine actually ended up pleading guilty in the Perth Police Court uh, to 11 charges of breaking and entering and stealing goods worth nearly three thousand. That's a lot of dollary dues right there, Joe. <laughs> the court was told that Catherine was pregnant by another man, and they admitted to stealing oxyacetine equipment and trying to use the equipment to crack a safe at the Waverly Drive-In Theater. I don't imagine a drive-in theater having a lot of cash on hand. I don't know. Maybe it's the era. True, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, as I just said, the summer of '69. So yeah, I mean, I, every you know, cash is king. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I, that just wouldn't seem like the, the spot where you're just like, because I mean, they, they got, they got, uh, what was it? The, yeah, the, oh God, I'm going to butcher this. Oxyacetylene? Acetylene, yeah. Okay, so they, they, they got stuff to like break and crack and blow a fucking safe. Yeah. You're not going into a bank. Like, that's the kind of shit you see on <laughs> movies that they're like going to go hold up a bank and they're like, nah, fuck it. We're going to go hold how up the How the fuck old- did they even figure that out? Like, I, w- w- how did they come up with that assumption? I, I'm probably I, I watching know. movies at that goddamn drive in. Watched, watched a couple of heist flicks down there and was like, <laughs> fuck them. We could do that. <laughs> Catherine ended up being placed on probation, but David was sentenced to jail for nine months. So right. But different that's, punishments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it, I guess, you know, they could probably prove who was, I don't know, more into it and whatever. Who knows? But that didn't stop them, Joe. Take us right into July of 1969. Nah, they were tried in the Austrian Supreme Court on The Supreme Court? Yeah. Already (laughs) making it all the way up there. Big timers. Yeah, so um, on eight additional charges of breaking and entering and stealing. So they pleaded guilty, and Bernie had three years added to his sentence, and Catherine was actually given an additional four years. On June 21st, 1970, Bernie broke out of uh, Carnet Prison. Good Lord. God damn, he cannot stop getting in no. trouble. No, he's just like, I just I just really need to fucking commit crime and yeah. I miss my cat. <laughs> miss my cat, Catherine. And met up with uh, Catherine once more. When they were arrested on July 10th, they were charged with 53 counts of stealing, receiving. Jesus Christ, that's, yeah. a, that's a good number, I guess. Just a spree of yeah. shit. Breaking and entering, being unlawfully on premises, unlawfully driving motor vehicles, and unlawfully using vehicles. Yes, now in their possession, Joe, police found clothes... Wigs, I'm, I'm guessing disguises. I don't know. I, who knows? David may have had a fucking wig fetish for all we fucking know. I know. Bedding, radios, food, books, a hundred sticks of gelignite, which is an explosive normally used for rock blasting. So when you see like rock quarries and shit like that, that's the shit that they what use the there. Fuck? Again, no idea. If he had connections to someone, I don't know where he's getting all these explosives from. That's fucking One of our crazy. Aussie fucking dreadheads need to let us know. In, in, around, in and around Perth, are there still just explosives to this day? That maybe just, there was mine, maybe mining was still big there or something. I guess, but good Lord, can we not fucking lock that shit up? I mean, <laughs> these fucking numbskulls are able to get a hold of it. Uh, and they also had 120 detonators, Joe, and three fuses. So they had everything that they needed to to really cause some fucking explosive Damage. mayhem. Yeah, yeah. So David was sentenced to two and a half years in prison and Catherine was given actually six months. Again, I don't not, This is kind of shitty on this. I'm wondering if he had a job that he was also stealing from. 
You know, maybe he was working on a mining rig, well, and then maybe that's why he's getting an additional time. I guess, too, it depends. That's the only thing I could think of. Depending on what the court's finding as far as, like, who was doing a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if she was playing more of an accomplice role, yeah, you know, so her priors aren't going to be as stacked as his. Also, too, he broke out of prison, so he also had yeah. that going against him. <laughs> and also, too... Catherine actually gave birth while in jail and her newborn was taken away from her by you know the welfare system and was actually held until she was finally released. Now jumping back over to David. So after he's yes, released, <laughs> wonder what he's up to. Yeah, let's peek on in. Um, after his release, he became addicted to sex and pornography. I don't understand. So like, he was doing I mean, a lot with was, his time, but he was doing <laughs> exhibitionism. And believe me, like the sources all stated this that apparently he he developed you know quite a fucking. He was just a nympho and liked the fucking the porn. So he's probably got a lot of skin mags. This is this is the time period of skin mags. I don't even know if they had VHS or. Fucking maybe Betamax down there. I don't know I what don't they had. Know. But yeah, it was, they pointed that out that after this, he, he just really got into it. So exhibitionism was just, that was just a passing thing for him. Now he's really on board with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he was also considered to be a uh, paraphiliac. Would you explain that one? I haven't yeah, well, heard that I, one before. I wrote this down too because I didn't know. Webster defines uh, paraphiliac as a pattern of recurring sexually arousing mental imagery or behavior that involves unusual and especially socially unacceptable sexual practices such as sadism or pedophilia. Now, we're not prudes here, and it's fucking 2022. I wasn't a big fan of sadism being right next to fucking pedo Mm -hmm. in that completely different thing. And now, if someone's like practicing S&M on unwilling participants, for sure, but there's a lot of people who fucking, you know, cordially get involved in those yeah. kind of things. Now, yeah. Whether or not you fucking think it's sick or not, yeah. that's on you. But, I mean, for it works for them. And so I didn't like that, but that's what the definition of a paraphiliac is, Joe. Yes. Okay. So, all right. Thank you for that explanation. I've yes. never heard that one. The more you know, Dreadheads. <laughs> come, come to us for knowledge on all that. Now you got something that you can blast at the water cooler uh, the, the next time you're around and be like, you know, you can use that big word and they can be like, well, what does that mean? And then you can really fuck with them. <laughs> so, David... Uh, uh, married his first wife during her early 20s, and the couple had a daughter named Tanya. And Tanya. What, yeah, and once Catherine was out of prison and away from the influence of David Burney, she went to work as a live-in maid for the McLaughlins, a family in Fremantle, Perth. She married Donald uh, McLaughlin on her 21st birthday, and they ended up having seven kids. Right, yeah, but now their firstborn, Joe, which was, was a son, was actually struck and killed by a car in front of Catherine when he was only seven months old. Now, I I could not find exacts on this. And someone, please, as always, put it in the comments if if you could find it. How the fuck is a seven-month-old... They don't, they're not walking by then, right? No. Are they even crawling much? Yeah. Okay, but I mean, so is that but just... like, goddamn, like, you weren't paying attention at all. Right, I didn't see anything like, about, like, a car city? swerved into the yard or anything. I could not get, like, a pinpoint on the exact location, so I'm just going to assume cars are normally in parking lots and on the road, and there should never be an unattended seven-month-old... Yeah, no, that's in, where I'm kind in, of, like... any of those fucking places. Fuck? yeah. yeah but uh, so so Catherine obviously you know she was she was still really pining for David. 
She, 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 you know, married Donald, I, you know, at this point they're, they're not meeting back up. You know, I don't know how in touch they're keeping with each other at this point in her marriage to Donald. Uh, but she still, you know, hasn't gotten over David. And then of course the, the, you know, the, the death of her firstborn son, she eventually just could not fucking take it. Yeah. Uh, again, as we said that they, they had seven kids, so she stuck it out for, for quite a while. Um, but she did eventually leave Donald McLaughlin, Joe. Now they had been living in a, I guess this is, we, we, you know, we, we talk about government housing here. This would be the, the Australian equivalent state housing commission home, uh, in a suburb of Victoria park. Uh, is that like kind of like our section eight or you think? Uh, is that what it's called? Section eight here? Yeah. 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 Well, it's like, it's like welfare housing, basically. Like you don't pay rent and shit, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Something like I that. I don't know or, all the details of it. I really don't. Right. So. Well, when they say state housing commission, I'm assuming, you know, it's like welfare housing and yeah. you know, stuff like that. Um, Catherine actually the whole time Joe was having to look after, uh, Don Donald, who was unemployed. So his family, I guess, had enough money to employ a maid, did not rub off on Donald McLaughlin because he couldn't even fucking hold a job. Uh, They also still, again, as we said, they had seven kids. They lost that firstborn. They still had six kids she was taking care of. And Joe, her father, Harold, that we mentioned earlier, he's living there as well as one of her uncles. God damn, that's a lot of fuck of people. <laughs> right? All right. So they I would want to fucking leave, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, this I, that the, would make me aggressive. Yeah, Catherine <laughs> leaving Donald McLaughlin is the only sane thing I think that she did in her entire life. Jesus, that's a lot of goddamn people. All right, the house and the property were trash and unkept, and the family often couldn't even afford food. Jeez. So one day, Catherine calls her husband to let him know that she just wasn't coming back. Oh, yeah. Not even a not even a Dear John letter, and she, she gave him an old fucking payphone conversation and didn't just fucking bounce. And why was that, Joe? Oh, she was secretly still seeing David Burney for the previous two years as, and uh, was just skedaddling with him. Right. So, yeah. So, again, over the course of seven kids, I, I, I couldn't find an exact length on the marriage of Catherine to Donald. But so let's assume even if they're just, I mean... Let's be honest, man. If you're poor. Maybe you're an Irish twin in it, man. Like, yeah. okay, if let's just say but, eight years. But if you're poor, fucking's free. Yeah. Now, the fallout's not free. We know that. <laughs> you know, we got three of our own. They are extremely not free. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, they were they were married a good number of years. But, yeah, those last two years up until she actually left him, she had been, she had been fucking ten-toe creeping over to fucking old David's oh, house, David Banny, practicing, uh, what was that word? What was his sexual deviancy they talked about? Uh, what was it? Uh, paraphiliac? I don't know. Maybe they were into some bondage and fucked up shit like that. But either way, she was back there. Um, and so, again, you know, they, they served a bit of time in prison. So, yeah, these kids, Joe, had to have been almost back to back. Because from the time they went into jail for that last time, up until they finally, like, she moved back in with him was roughly a 13-year span. Jeez. So, yeah, her and Don were doing some serious poor people fucking Oh. Wow, to, to get to get all them kids out in there. But she yeah, she moved back in with David Burney at the now infamous House of Horrors, number three Morehouse Street, which is again why it's known as the Morehouse Murders. Mm-hmm. Now, although they were never married, Joe, they never officially got married. Huh. Catherine did legally change her last name to Burney, and because of their time together, I guess under Australian law, I know that there's common law marriage here in the u.s i think it varies by state to state i I don't know how it varies in australia but technically under their common law she was his wife even though they never went through the actual actions of getting married yeah 
So now comes the time that all of you dreadheads <laughs> fucking tune in for. Hashtag buckle up, bitches. <laughs> and let's talk about some good old murder down under. Now, over a period of five weeks, Joe, only five weeks, all right? This this had escalated. They've been they had been literally preparing their whole lives to get to this fucking moment and like a fucking phoenix did they go, go they, they went fucking off. The Bernies abducted five women between the age of 15 and 31. Joe, tell us about the first one now. Yeah, so that was 22-year-old Mary Nielsen. She was studying psychology at the University of Western Australia. And um, she was at, they were working part-time, at, or she was working part-time in a deli, and that's where she met David Bernie, who was wearing, working the spare parts yard, um, like, I guess, locally. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. He was, I, I guess, probably like kind of something like we have here, like the pull-aparts, where yeah, it's kind of like a junkyard yeah. full of a bunch of shit, and you can kind of go out there and just find a model or something that fits. Okay, and that's take what I was thinking. It. That's I what I would assume. Yeah. So uh, he actually offered to sell her cheap tires for her car, and he ended up giving his number to her. But on October 6th, 1986, she went to the Bernie's house and that's where she was gagged, chained to the bed and raped by David while Catherine observed. Yes. So she was, uh, I guess, participating to an extent. Oh, well, yeah. Well, that comes, that comes, that that definitely gets talked about later. But yeah, Catherine, yeah, David was not doing anything Catherine was not fucking aware of. Okay, there we go. Uh, Mary was then taken to uh, Glen Eagle near Albany Highway in Bedforddale. Yeah, yeah. Bedforddale. Yeah, where she was raped again and strangled with a nylon cord. Yeah. David then stabbed her, thinking that it would speed up the decomposition as he, quote, read that in a book somewhere. So I that don't, for a more, fucking fact, That believe, doesn't sound like something you would read. That do, David doesn't <laughs> sound like the kind of guy who did read. Let's be honest. I mean, unless he was reading, like, some of the fucking, like, you know like submitted letters in the back of a penthouse magazine or some yeah. shit like that. I don't, I don't just see him like perusing an encyclopedia Britannica well, he was uh, Britannica reading something about decomp even. They still only put it in a fucking shallow grave. Right. Well, and it may, well now, now you may would know this. Is there any logic to the fact of stabbing her causing anything as far as decomposition to go quicker? I mean, you're just letting out the liquids a little faster. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I mean, it also doesn't say anything like, I mean, obviously, so... You're so, aerating it a little bit, yeah, giving it more surface, surface area. Right, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, so, right, so by that logic, if it was somebody who had, like, dismembered a body, that would decompose quicker than if you had just strangled someone and put the whole body into the ground. Like, if everything else was the exact same other than the just fact that you... there's too many variables. Yeah, so, it, but it's not common sense... No. That's not like a logic. You should go. I mean, obviously, you don't want to live your life by any fucking thing these people did, or anything that you hear. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> from <yeah>. us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if I fucking read it somewhere, this is gonna, <laughs> we're going to get away with this one. I promise you. Yeah. Now, uh, so yeah, as you stated, they buried her in a shallow grave. Now, Joe, that takes us to just two weeks later yeah. when they abducted sixteen-year-old Susanna Candy. Yeah, she was a student from Nedlands, Australia, and she was hitchhiked along uh, Sterling Highway in Claremont, Australia. So, I guess she was just out there trying to catch a ride and gets picked up by them. I'm telling you, remember it used to be. I mean, wow. everyone, I remember my parents talking about all the time, like hitchhiking was normal. And, but that, you know, these goddamn people had to go fucking it up for all the hippies who were just not wanting to, well, not wanting to slash could not <laughs> afford a car and gas because they're fucking hippies. And this is what ended up happening to them. Yeah, well, the Bernies had already been cruising for hours looking for a victim when they spotted her. So 
Again, well, like I said, but my, my, I mean, I remember my parents, I'm sure your dad, I mean, your mom, you know, she immigrated here, but I'm sure your dad. That's just so creepy, though. God damn it, well, man. If, just if, like, if, if hitchhikers are that prevalent, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Ugh, so once she entered the car, she was actually held at knife point and had her hands tied up. She was taken back to the Willoughby house where she was gagged, chained to the bed and raped there. And after David had finished raping this girl, Catherine got into the bed with him, which further turned David on. Yeah. So, so yeah. So yeah, she yeah. was getting at, up all. At, well, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. They, uh, they, they both ended up assaulting uh, Susanna Candy. Um, David tried to strangle uh, Susanna with a nylon cord, but she basically broke out into a fit of hysteria and good on her fucking fight or flight kicked in and she chose to fucking fight. Um, now, the, the Bernies ended up forcing sleeping pills down her throat to calm her down. Now, once Susanna had passed out, David then put the cord around her neck and told Catherine Joe to prove her undying wow. love for him by murdering this girl. God damn. So Catherine compi- uh, complied with this demand and killed Susanna Candy while David fucking watched. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. So again, this, 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 so, yeah. this is, she's full on participating. She, there is, this is, yeah. This so, is just as much her as it is him, folks. So when asked later why she did it, she states, because I wanted this is to quotes. see. This yes. is a direct quote from Catherine. Direct quote, yeah. Because I wanted to see how strong I was within my inner self, I didn't feel a thing. It was like I expected. I was prepared to follow him to the end of the earth and do anything to see that his desires were satisfied. She was a female. Females hurt and destroy males. End quote. Well, I mean, so what where, the where, fuck? Yeah, where do you think that that projection from her, like, well, females destroy males. Like, I mean, that, I mean, fuck, do you think that, because again, you know, her mother died. While try and then her her baby brother that her mother died giving birth to, yeah. he passed. She's just left with just her and her father. Do you think that was something that could have been instilled, you know, at know. a young age of of I mean, her father talking shit about having to take care of her and things of that nature. I mean, obviously Don, her fucking husband, that she had those seven kids with, he was a fucking piece of shit. So who knows what kind of shit he was saying? But it also sounds like something david was putting in her fucking head yeah no it I, makes you wonder if she thought that about herself too or just about the victims that no I, I i get exactly where you're coming from but yeah no they ended up um god damn they buried Susanna near the grave of mary nielsen in the state forest and glen eagle so now joe on november 1st the bernies saw what would eventually become victim number three 31 year old boy that's a name noeline i think it would just be noeline Nolene, yeah. N-O-E-L-E-N-E. I am not familiar with know. seeing that name. I don't know if that's a typical Aussie name. Somebody let me know. But I'm going to say Nolene Patterson, uh, who was standing beside her car on the Canning Highway. She had actually uh, ran out of fuel. And while on her way home from her job as a bar manager at the Netherlands Golf Club. So she's just chilling out and just a fucking prime picking. Yeah, I mean, like, a, a lot of these... I hate gr- the randomness of these crimes, man, because it's just like, it puts that little bit of terror in it. Just oh, like, for wrong sure. place, wrong time. For sure. Like, you could be do everything else in, well, r- I mean, right I mean, in life, but boom, right. random fucking crime happened to you. Well, That's again, so I, shitty. Again, Mary Nielsen, and this, I mean, obviously in no way, shape, or form deserve what happened to her, their first victim, but she actually went to their house. Yeah. You know, David had talked about selling her some cheap tires. Yeah. She went to a stranger's house. Uh, again, that does... The, the no way suggests that she deserved it, 
but at that point, like she kind of went into the belly of the beast at that point. Yeah. But yeah, now we, you know, the, the, uh, Susanna, she was just hitchhiking and they were just out, you know, looking yeah. for hitchhikers. And then you got Nolene who was, had a job and all this other stuff. Ended up running out of uh, out of gas or petrol, as they would call it down there, <laughs> and was just at the right place at the wrong time. Yeah. So um, once inside the car, she had actually uh, had a knife held to her throat and was tied up and told not to move. Yeah. The Bernies were, hey, we'll, we'll give you a fucking ride to get you some fucking gas. Hop in the back. <laughs> and then boom, knives out. And this is where she was then taken back to number three Morehouse Street, where David repeatedly raped her after she was gagged and chained to the bed like the other victims. Right. Um, the Bernies originally planned to murder her that same night, but David kept her prisoner in the house for three fucking days. Yeah. And there were even signs that he may have developed an emotional attachment to her. Right. No, yeah. No matter how God fucked damn. Uh, Yeah, no matter how fucked up whatever his attraction was, there was something different about Noeline that than there were for the first two, at least when it came to David. But of course, like any good woman, and I use the term good loosely here, <laughs> this made Catherine very jealous, Joe, and she ultimately gave him an ultimatum. Yeah. Fucking kill her. Yeah. <laughs> or Catherine would do, or she would end up fucking doing it for him. Yeah, it wasn't one of those like either she goes or I go kind of thing. It was like, look, you either fucking kill here, David. Kill her? Or I'm gonna. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, and so uh, he immediately at that point, Joe, forced an overdose of sleeping pills uh, down Noeline's throat and again strangled her while she slept. So, they, yeah. God damn. And then they take her body to the forest in Glen Eagle, but buried it away from the others. Yeah. So they're going. They're, yeah. So I guess at this point, because I was going to say uh, when we were talking about Suzanne, I was like, OK, there's a pattern emerging of where they're disposing of these bodies. Yeah. Uh, but I guess at this point, at least. I, I don't know if there was, hey, we need to space these bodies out, or if David even subconsciously viewed her different, you know, like, because he was getting the infatuation with her, you know, and it came down to, you know, that that thing with Catherine, and and maybe it was a reluctant kill, didn't want to lose Catherine over it, but, you know, she's special, she gets buried in a, I mean, you can't. Again, I'm sure a fucking psychologist. I mean, you got a bachelor's in psychology. So there's you, all you kinds of hierarchy going on with yeah, that. Who so, fucking yeah. knows at this There's yeah, no they, fucking telling. Yeah, so same spot, but they made sure that she was in a little bit different of an area than the others. Yeah. So on November 5th, the Bernies abducted then 21-year-old Denise Brown as she was waiting for a bus on Sterling Highway. She accepted a ride from them at Knife Point. No, no, no. no. She accepted a ride from them. Knife and then she got then in. Got boom. Put again. In a, yeah, knife, knife Point. point just knife like the out. other victim yep. and was then taken to the house on Willoughby, chained to the bed and raped. Well, now, it, you, you say the house is it's in, in, in Willoughby. Yeah, it's still this is still Morehouse. This yeah, is why they're called the, the Morehouse murders. Every one of these victims, um, I think what the, fir- uh, the, uh, the very first one. Uh, God, why can't I remember her name before Susanna Mary? Um, yeah, she was actually killed off site, but everything took place. Everything started. In Morehouse, so yeah, yeah, so but it it was in the town, the village. I don't fucking know, but whatever of Willagee, Willagee. (laughs) I I, again, this is Australia, so who fucking knows? Yeah, different types of descriptors. So, um, but yeah, so the following afternoon, Denise was then taken to Wanneroo Pine Plantation. That's another fun word, (laughs) Wanneroo. Yeah, where they play a didgeridoo, see a kangaroo (laughs) down at (laughs) Wanneroo. Oh my God! Um, this is where David raped her. Uh, and you the can't car, giggle I can't while you say raped. raped. 
God damn this it. This is every negative review is, <laughs> is because you just giggled when oh. we said, I know you weren't giggling at that. It was because, you know, yeah, I, completely I, I, I out did a little of bit of an Australian rap there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, that's where yeah David raped her in the car. Uh, And the couple actually waited uh, for night to fall. Oh, shit. Okay, so after they dragged Brown from the car, David Bernie raped her again and stabbed her in the neck. Convinced that she was dead, the Bernies dug a shallow grave and laid her Bonnie in it. But Denise Brown sat up in the grave and attempted to climb out. Boy, you know. God damn. Both of them pooped a little bit when that (laughs) happened. Just holy fuck. Jesus, cat, she's not fucking dead. <laughs> uh, David Bernie then grabbed an axe, stuck her twice in the head. Right, like he fucking went. Uh, he, I said stuck, but struck. Yeah, dude, but like still he, yeah, the same yeah. thing. So, yeah, up, up to this point, he's been, you know, doing the raping and everything like that, but it's mostly been strangulation. Yeah. You know, and, and, and for the past couple, he's knocking them out with sleeping pills so they wouldn't put up a fight after Susanna did. Yeah. Uh, but no, this time he just. Fuck me, she's fucking <laughs> And there's an axe nearby, and he just goes. That sounds knee jerk reaction. Completely. He had a fight or flight fucking moment <laughs> when that fucking happened. Yeah, struck her with that axe twice in the head, and then you know finally successfully buried her dead body in that grave. So now, dreadheads. After not too long after the murder of Denise Brown, seventeen-year-old uh, Kate Moore uh, was abducted at knife point. Again, after accepting, well, she, not again for her. This was her first time. But yeah, again, but for the Bernies. <laughs> yeah, these, these fucking creepazoids are able to get people to hop in their fucking cars, and she accepted a ride from the Bernies. Yeah, Moore later stated that she asked them if they, were, uh, they intended to kill or rape her and was informed, we'll only rape you if you're good. Yeah. Quote, yeah. unquote. I'm, I, and at this point, I don't know which one of them would have said it. Goddamn. They're both yeah. fucked up, so who fucking knows? Yeah, so she was forced to dance for them and slept in the couple's bed while handcuffed to David. Yeah, it's and, oh. Yeah, Moore had their final abductee and the only victim uh, to survive. Yeah, yeah, she was the last one they got a hold of. And and so when I, when I said earlier that they had five, we'll get to the end there. It's... There's, it's heavily speculated one of two others that they that they were responsible for. Just a lot of shit with it fit kind of their M.O. and the timeline and stuff like that. And then there's one other one that they're not quite as sure about, but they still kind of contributed to it. But yeah, those four that we talked about, Mary, uh, Susanna, Noeline, and Denise, were the four confirmed 110% fucking caught red-handed. Uh, but Kate Moore, yeah, she was going to be for sure victim number five. Uh, but no, she ended up being the only one who was able to fucking make it out of that hell house. Yeah. So um, after being abducted, David actually held a knife to her throat and forced her to call her mom. We're getting a little bit differences here. We're yeah. St- yeah. They're starting to change Trying shit to, up. Yeah. And so Kate assured her mom that she Trying had- to put the spark back into it, I'm guessing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Kate assured her mom that she had actually drank too much and that she was just going to stay at a friend's house. After David went to work the next day, Catherine then went to the door to carry out a drug deal and forgot to change. Of course, they're all so fucking dealing drugs. You know, those fucking nylon cords don't pay for themselves. Yeah, so, yeah, he's he's off to work. She's... uh, 
chucking it out the fucking door because of a goddamn drug deal. Straight trap house that fucking, yeah. uh, fucking uh, good because, lord. Because, you know, she'd forgotten to be chained to the bed, so she escaped by climbing through a closed window by breaking its lock and managed to flee and ran into a vacuum cleaner shop on November 10th, or 10th and informed the shop owner that she'd been kidnapped and raped. Yeah, so now, the when the, the police finally arrive... So this is exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so she's, she's fucking full-on, you know, fucking broke loose, broke out, Catherine forgot to chain her up when she went to go fucking sling some fucking dope boy shit out the fucking door. Kate's out, goes to a vacuum cleaner shop, and the, the cops arrive. Kate told them that she had been abducted at knife point by a couple and was taken back to their house, and she was repeatedly raped by them. Now, the police, for some reason, God not damn. sure fucking why, were initially skeptical, or skeptical, yeah, skeptical of her story. Um, but there was a constable, uh, she was actually only 22 years old, so, you know, fresh on all this shit, uh, Laura Handcock, uh, she believed Kate, um, and due to the amount of details that Kate had provided, so, you know, she was just like, wait a second, like, if this is fucking fake, this girl's got, she, she's got an awful lot to say about it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Kate tell, yeah, address, Kate, fucking phone yep. numbers, describing in a, a drawing she had concealed in the house as proof of her presence. Yeah. So they, they like, so she had a goddamn. Yeah, yeah. They picked up the wrong motherfucker when they grabbed her. Like yeah. she was fucking. She was. She, she was had several a little bit of survival. Steps, yeah, several steps ahead of them. Now, um, the, so police the police found her. Yeah, yeah they, go, they went to it. Yeah, he went to it and found the fucking drawing. Caught him red-handed. Yeah. I saw in one of the reports apparently that they had watched. They had watched Rocky. Uh, while she was there too, and she had kind of told him, "Hey, we did this and this." So they found that and the drawing, and all of that, and they were like, "Okay, this girl was definitely here." Now, Joe, during their interviews, uh, David and Catherine gave conflicting information. Of course, they had not prepared to be caught or anything like that. Had no fucking alibi uh, going over. Now, Catherine flat out denied ever meeting Kate God Moore, damn. while David insisted that hell yeah, she had came over voluntarily to engage in consensual sex with him and Catherine. So they just had no plan for the future. Not a <laughs> I mean, at the same time, does it surprise you with these no, two? But yeah, no. no, they clearly had no anticipation of getting caught at yeah. all and had not even worked theoretically through this in their heads. Yeah, so Detective Sergeant Vince Kadich convinced David to actually confess to the crime, and he revealed where they had actually buried the other bodies. There is actual speculation speculation. that the Bernies were responsible for the disappearance of Cheryl Renwick in May of 1986 and Barbara Western in June of 1986. So after four confirmed kills, one very, very much attempted kill, and two highly speculated kills, David and Catherine are finally going to go to trial. Now, at the trial, David Bernie pleaded guilty to four counts of murder and as well as four counts of abduction and rape. Now, when he was asked why he had pleaded guilty, this is legit. He's asked this in court. He gestures, obviously the victim's families are there and shit like that. He gestured towards their families and said, it's the least I could do, quote. Which is, I don't get that. Like this, these people really puzzled me when I was... Because, I mean, clearly they were, they were, they reveled in their fucking crimes. They enjoyed every fucking minute of it. 
Maybe but they then, knew they were mad too. I'm like I don't I, goddamn. I, I have no fucking idea. I I don't know. It doesn't seem to be. I mean, because clearly he's he's basically saying he's doing it for the victims' families. That's not a sign of remorse, right? Like it's not like he's like I'm sorry. He never says sorry or any of that. Basically, just saying, hey, I was caught. I'm guilty. Least I could do is not, I guess, not drag it out. Which okay, I will give, give him, him the that. bodies. I will give, give him, the uh, yeah. At least I will give him that. You know, he didn't fucking drag it out. He fucking owned up to it for whatever the fuck that's worth. Now he was sentenced to four terms of life imprisonment because of this. And after being found sane enough to stand trial, oh yeah, of course she tried to go with the old obviously, insane yeah. Uh, Catherine was also sentenced to four terms of life imprisonment by the Supreme Court of Western Australia. So, Australia. God damn. You trailed that off a little yeah, bit there. I did. Was that like a spit bubble or something? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It happens. It yeah. Happens. Under the law Continue. at the time. Thank you. Under the law at the time, both were required to serve 20 years before being eligible for parole. Yeah. So, that's at least interesting. So, they couldn't immediately start appealing anything. No, no. So, I get, yeah, at Aussie law at that time, if you got life imprisonment, you were going to, you were guaranteed you were going to serve at least 20 of it. Okay. Interesting. So, initially, for that. Yeah. Initially, uh, David was held at the maximum security. Fremantle prison, but he was soon moved to solitary confinement to keep him from coming to harm. Goddamn, from other prisoners. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, well, obviously, too, he's doing, there's some young girls. And I mean, you know, there is a prisoner's code in there. I mean, I don't imagine any of those prisoners that are in for non like serial killer crazy fucking shit. You know, if they're in there for fucking like gang murders. Or shit like that, you know. They, they, they. There is a tiered system in there, so I guess because he's technically a serial killer and the way they went about shit, I don't know. I know. I think I, I think part of my brain was thinking that he was picking the fights. And I'm like, what the fuck is he think he's yeah, doing? Bringing the fuck on. Yeah, no, I completely read them backwards. I'm like, oh goddamn. He did not have an axe or a nylon cord to defend himself with. <laughs> uh, three of the original death row cells were actually converted uh, for him, and he stayed there until the prison was closed in 1991. Yes. Now. Now, while incarcerated, both David and Catherine exchanged more than 2,600 letters. So, in love till the fucking end. The trial didn't diminish anything between them. I, I don't know. Find the romance in it if you must. Uh, but other than that, they were not allowed any form of contact. Now, Joe, David Bernie was actually found dead in his cell at uh, Casuarina. Casuarina, C-A-S-U-A-R-I-N-A, prison, uh, on October 7th of 2005 at the age of 54. Uh, So now the investigation found that he actually uh, hung himself from an air vent, oddly enough, using a length length of cord. cord. I don't know if it was nylon like the others, but he strangled himself out of existence, much like he did those poor innocent girls. Uh, They said that various factors actually led to a suicide. they they apparently oh, of course he was depressed but they they didn't provide him with his antidepressants and this had made his depression worse uh his computer was confiscated and he was also sexually uh suspected of okay. sexually assaulting another prisoner goddamn um and so yeah so apparently he was just depressed he didn't have his computer he wasn't getting any fucking loving from his inmate buddies <laughs> and shit like that oh, so he fucking like he fucked well, fuck him. That's why. I'm sorry. I got nothing against fucking prison sex. Do what you do. It should be consensual because <laughs> yeah, I've watched a go. lot of yeah. episodes of Oz and American History X, and that yeah. should always, always be consensual because it scarred me, and that's why even to this day I won't go over nine miles over the speed limit. <laughs> 
I'm telling you, it's it's a great fear of mine. Uh, he was described by a former prison officer as a model prisoner um, and actually looked after injured animals. So I guess he got all his rage out before he got I don't locked up. It. But again, these mother, this is the same dude uh, who, who committed these heinous acts. And then when they're like, well, why'd you just admit you were guilty? And he looks at the victim's family and he's like, hey, you know, at least the least I could do for him. So who yeah. fucking knows? Uh, surprise, surprise, Joe. Catherine was not allowed to, to attend, attend his, his funeral. funeral. Yeah, so good standing on their court system. So Catherine Bernie is imprisoned in Bandy Up Women's Prison. And since being incarcerated, she has worked as a prison librarian and has appeared in a prison production of Nonsense. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's of note. It was in there, so it's <laughs> of note. And I'm telling y'all. <laughs> in 2007, her parole application was rejected. And then Attorney General of Western Australia uh, Jim McGinty uh, said that her release was unlikely while he remained in office. She ain't so, getting out while I'm around, fellas. So, like, yeah, he's already d- yeah. Yeah, shouting threats. Keep, yeah, keep keep the fucking appeals coming. Not happening. Now, her case was to be reviewed again in January 2010. However, on March 14, 2009, uh, new Western Australian Attorney General, blah, that is a fucking mouthful. Yeah, Western Australian Attorney Cr- General. Cr- there we go. Christian Porter, following requests from the victim's families, determined she would stay in jail for life. Yeah, now this decision, Joe, actually makes her the third Australian woman after Catherine Knight, who's another piece of work. If, uh, <laughs> yeah, we may have to cover her. Yeah. Uh, and Patricia Byers to have received, like, the, 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 the actual sentence. Like, no, you're, you're not going to just do 20 and get out. Mm. You are fucked. You will stay there. You yeah. will die there. This is what is going to happen. Uh, she appealed this decision. Uh, in March of 2010, but that was also rejected. Uh, had it, she also had a fourth bid for parole in 2016, Damn. but was also declined. Now, also in 2016, Joe, uh, their only surviving victim, Kate Moore, actually began a campaign to end uh, Western Australian laws, which is, I found this interesting. The laws there, basically, they, the law automatically puts convicts up for parole every three years. Whoa. Yeah, I don't know if that's just, if I mean, it says Western Australian, so I don't know if that's if that's not a countrywide thing, if that's only something there. Oh, okay, so she never even fucking applied for the parole Some of them she didn't herself. have to. Every three years, it was going to come up automatically. So, Interesting. you know, Kate Moore obviously trying to move on from all this shit. But again, you've, you've got this prolific story. Uh, again, uh, Catherine made headlines. She's only the third... Australian woman to fully receive the life, you know, the, the life sentencing. And then every three years, she's up for parole again. So, you know, all the papers are talking about it. All the news is talking about it. So Kate's literally having to relive this shit yeah. every three years. Not, not just her, but the families of yeah. the other victims. So good on her for fucking getting out there and being like, look, this shit's got to stop. Uh, more stated Bernie. Uh, yeah. Mer- yeah. Like you had said. For her, yeah. Parole herself. But in 2017, Catherine Bernie's youngest son, Peter, calls for fucking execution. Yes. He has stated that his association with his mother and father has resulted in him being assaulted. He also supports Moore's campaign. So that's interesting. So he's just yeah. like, I need this off me too. Yeah, yeah. Like, fucking get her off of here. Because, like, I'm tired of fucking being known as fucking Catherine Bernie's fucking son. And it's, it's fucking up my life too. Yeah. Dude, I really hope he ended up changing his last name or something. But, you know, if he's getting, you know, fucking, he's having problems because of it. I guess he didn't. But 
Now, this is interesting. David's daughter for from his first marriage, so we hadn't heard nothing about her. Yeah, Tanya. This poem. Yeah, Tanya. Tanya. She actually changed her surname, never married, had no children, and had, uh, was actually caught stating, I don't want to spawn another David Bernie. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Tanya, uh, sucks that she feels that way because uh, it should never be. The kids should not pay for their parents' crimes, no, no matter what the fuck it is. but. You know, if she feels that way, you know, at least she's owning that shit. And I mean, I, you know, I, I could, I can empathize with that. Yeah. You know, I, that's something, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if, cause you're like, you know, especially when we figure out that a lot of this stuff can, can sometimes be genetic mm-hmm. and shit like that, you know, you got to worry. Like, I mean, any kid of a famous serial killer, fuck, you know, like, am I, am I going to turn out the next John Wayne Gacy? You know, am I going to turn out the next David I would just be worried David about Bernie? their continued harassment, you know Absolutely. I mean? like, Even with yeah. the name change, and especially now, I mean, yeah. 2022 with the way you could dox people and shit like that, even yeah. changing your name's not even fucking enough anymore. No. But Dreadheads, that is going to wrap up episode 49 about David and Catherine Bernie, the Morehouse murders. We hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yes, I did too. Yeah, it was, it was, it was this is another one until we started doing some research and looking up topics I had never found fucking heard of them before mm-hmm. so uh yeah glad we could fucking cover them and uh moving right along towards our big epic episode 50 <laughs> our uh half centennial <laughs> which like i said if we just stuck to schedule should have been a while ago but we didn't and here we are We're and still fuck celebrating you. it goddamn absolutely <laughs> so make sure that you check that out coming next wednesday uh be episode 50 where we're going to wrap up our series on tortures and executions and again don't forget this upcoming friday there's going to be a brand new Fright Flick Fuck, Mary Kill as we continue on with our Christmas-themed horror review. We're going to be reviewing the brand new movie that just uh, went out to some select theaters last weekend and is actually going to be hitting video on demand uh, tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, tomorrow, that Thursday, we're going to watch it, immediately hop on, and fucking uh, review it. The mean one starring David Howard Thornton, who plays Art the Clown in Terrifier. Let's see if this lives up to it. I don't know. But I'm going to have fun fucking watching it. So definitely make sure you're doing that. Joe, remind them one last time. What is the most dreadful website on the internet? Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. That's right. Go there. Find links to all of our podcast platforms as well as our uh, social media, our store, our donation section, and of course links to the BitChute and YouTube. Make sure you go over there. Like, subscribe comment and share and of course that's where you're gonna get to see the live video well not live but the recorded videos (laughs) that me and my brother do for fright flick fuck mary kill and if you like being on youtube all of our podcasts are there audio only for you as well uh don't forget our promo podcast swap of this our podcast they're gonna be fucking dyslexia just (laughs) raining down on me uh yeah our podcast promo swap with bap podcast make sure to go check them out is that it? Yes. That's I all think of it. that's it. Dreadheads. <laughs> I yeah, we normally don't try to keep you all this long, but thanks for tucking in and learning about the Bernies with us. And we are gonna close like we always do by saying, I'm John. And I'm Joe. And look, don't forget, it's dreadful enough out there. So you leave the dread to us. Make sure you stay proud, powerful, and positive. And no matter what you're doing when you're listening to this, morning, noon, or night. Get out there and wreck that shit. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck